We welcome you to another live edition of the Sports Box, brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And by our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and check them out at www.crowdplayapp.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cage My Q. I am your host, D-Bake. Joining with me once again is my buddy, Jim Dululo. How's it going, Jim? Hey man, it's uh, going good. It's good to be back. Finally back to talk some UFC fight nights. I'm excited. Exactly. As you know, we just had that uh, week break off from UFC. It was Easter weekend, so the UFC didn't have an event on there. It kind of sucked, but, you know, it, it, I was able to celebrate Easter. But how was your Easter? It came and went, man. It was quick. Um, it was good, though. It was very good. Thank you for asking. Yep. But uh, right now, we're bringing you to UFC on ABC Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland preview show. We're going to be previewing uh, this fight card, which came uh, about, uh, which is coming on on Saturday at night. Well, it's going to actually start Saturday afternoon, but then by the time the main card comes, it'll be Saturday night. And it sucks. uh, We were supposed to have six fights on this card, but uh, the Kyle Darkus fight was pulled the other day due to COVID. So now we're down to uh, five, and they already said that they're going to reschedule that in the next couple of weeks. So look out for that, guys. So, the, But for the first fight of the card right here that we're going to break into, we have a matchup between Mike Perry versus uh, Dana Rodriguez, which is a welterweight matchup, which sees uh, Mike Perry coming in at 14-7, and seven, and is the plus 145 underdog going up against Jander Rodriguez, who is 13 and 2, and is the minus 170 favorite. Who do you have in this one? Yeah, this one, this is a great way to start the fight, man. Um, the one thing I know about Mike Perry fights are that they're always explosive. You go back to the fight with Vicente Luque, where it was a split decision, but Mike Perry looked fantastic. The fight against Mickey Gall was great. Most of these fights are usually fighting in the night contenders. However, uh, 2020 has been pretty rough for Mike Perry, both inside and outside the octagon. He's been getting getting himself in some trouble. And when it comes to his fights, you never know who's going to come in, uh, which Mike Perry you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to have Mike Perry with his girlfriend, now wife, I believe, in his corner. Mike, Carey, Mike Perry with a, a full camp, full batch of coaches in his corner. You never know what you're going to get. So I see Perry coming into this fight and trying to keep it dirty, keep it standing, trying to brawl his way to a win. Whereas Rodriguez, I see him being more technical. Now, he isn't afraid to keep it standing and brawl towards a win with Rodriguez, but he's also good on the ground. He's got four submission victories. Rodriguez also switched up camps this uh, past year in 2020 and is now working over with uh, Cowboy Cerrone at the BMF ranch. So I expect a, a full different arsenal from Rodriguez and all in all with this fight, I'm going to go with Rodriguez and I think he's going to get his fifth submission victory. Yeah. With me, with this, this one, it all hinges on uh, 
how serious Mike Perry comes into this and uh, takes this fight. Uh, when when he's serious with fighting and then he doesn't let the distractions get to him, he's very good. He comes in. He's he's a power guy. Like He comes in with the striking uh, game and then here and there, he'll go for shoot for takedowns, but his main thing is staying up and training shots. And then he has that because he has that boxing background, like when he hits you, like it, it, it'll knock guys out. That's his forte. But with him lately, it's been let me go in with no coaches and then bring my wife in as my uh, my head coach to brush yeah. off uh, the blood and then to give me my liquids and then I just bring somebody else in for the week just so I have two people. Uh, and then he, he, it didn't work out so great. He had that one win against Mickey Gall, which he looked good. But then a lot, the other two, he came in. He didn't look as well. He, he looked in uninterested. Like at times he would look good, but then in the other half of the, those fights, he just looked horrible, out of shape. He looked like he didn't train. So if if he does have like a full camp, I feel like we're going to see the best of Mike Perry. But then on the other side. You got Dana Rodriguez, who, like you said, he can do a little bit of everything. Like he can stand up with you, he can trade, but then he's really good with the grappling side where he can pull a submission out of nowhere. Where I see this going is I like I'm going with Dana Rodriguez too, but I feel like as long as he stays a distance and he plays a spark fight where he hits the parry from a distance, he keeps it at arm's length reach. And then hits him when he needs to. I feel like he can pick uh, Perry apart, who's going to basically go for the the takedowns and then the, the power shot. And then as long as his takedown defense is is good, Rodriguez should be fine. But he should he shouldn't get too complacent and then try and get in close because if he gets in close, Perry might be able to get a, a good shot on him and knock him out. Like yeah. both guys have the tendency to be being able to be knocked out, but I feel like Rodriguez is in the better situation right now, and that that's who I'm going with right now in this matchup. I'm going with Mike Perry, and I, I think I'm going to go with him by a second-round knockout. Okay. I feel like uh, Perry could get knocked down in this one. Yeah, it, it all goes back to what you said to open. You know, if he's on, Mike Perry is dynamite. You yeah. know, again, you go back to – he was in, super impressive against Mickey Gall, who – UFC was kind of toting as the next big thing. He was great against Luke, although he lost that. He was huge. But these two are like the tale of the last five fights are completely opposite. Mike Perry's two and three. Daniel Rodriguez is four and one. But in those last five for both of them, they have a common opponent in Tim Means where uh, Rodriguez choked him out with a guillotine and Mike Perry lost unanimously. So that's a huge fight to kind of focus on that they have a – it's the same um, opponent in common. So I'm I'm glad that we're both going with Rodriguez. But if Perry's on, man, he's unstoppable. Yeah. Now moving on to the second fight on the card, we have a women's strawweight matchup, which sees uh, Nina Ansaroff paired up with Mackenzie Dern. Nina Ansaroff, who is the wife of uh, Amanda Nunez, is coming in at 10-6 and six and is the minus 140 uh, favorite. Whereas Mackenzie Dern is ten and one, and she is the plus one twenty underdog. Who you got in this one? Yeah, this is this is another great matchup. You got number eleven and uh, Mackenzie Dern going up against number five Nina Ansaroff. 
at, at one end, you have Nina, who before having a child was putting together some super impressive wins against Claudia Gedalia, Randa Marcos, Angela Hill, Jocelyn Jones Leibarger. And then she, t- she had her baby and she took some time off. This is her first fight, I believe, since 2019. Uh, and then you have Mackenzie Dern, on the other hand, who also had a baby a few years ago or a year ago, but is also putting together a huge winning streak. She's got four, uh, three in the last four, four in the last five wins. Um, the way that I see this fight is that this is Nina's first fight back. So you have to kind of see if ring rust is a thing if this exists in Nina Ansaroff, but she does have one of the best training partners in arguably the, the feet, the goat of the female division with Amanda Nunes. Um, whereas Mackenzie has been facing extremely tough competition with Nina now being the most, uh, the toughest. The question for me is, is Mackenzie going to be able to keep it standing with Nina? We know that Mackenzie is excellent on the ground. She's one of the best BJJ uh, practitioners in MMA, but Nina's really good on her feet. And we all know that uh, Mackenzie's been working with Jason Perillo on her boxing, and she felt confident in her last fight standing up. If this goes to the ground, I'm going to go with Mackenzie. Um, so I'm going to go with Mackenzie Dern by submission. Yeah, this this one was pretty tough for me because, like you said, they're both uh, coming back after having uh, uh, after having babies. Uh, Similarly, at the same time, uh, but uh, this is a classic matchup of uh, you got a striker against a grappler, mm-hmm. and then I think that with me with the edge here is it depends on how uh, Nina comes back with her uh, takedown defense. She has one of the best takedown defenses in the division. Her, it's she, she can stuff a takedown at a high rate. And then she, she hasn't like care to go in the clinch or not, uh, standing up. I think the thing that's going to matter is if Dern can take her down or not. Because if, if this is a standing fight, it won't look good for Dern. She's going to want to take this fight down. Yeah. And I just feel like going into this, like huh, right before we hopped on, like I had Dern with the edge. But I feel like if uh, if Nina can just stuff the t- uh, half of the takedowns, it'll be good for her because she can strike. And if she catches uh, Mackenzie just once, I think it'll get her off her game. That's yeah. why I got uh, Nina answer off by a, a unanimous decision. I think she'll take it two to one. I wanted to do three zero, but I always see this happen where it's usually one one going into the third, and I feel like. When both got when both women are tired, it's going to be harder for the the grappler to uh, shoot and take uh, the striker down than it is for the striker to land shots and and add points up. Yeah, kind so of gonna, like what we saw with uh, Jan and Sterling when Sterling yeah. got gassed out pretty quick. Yeah, like that's a little different because Sterling, even when he's tired, looks better than half the roster does. That's true. Uh, strike uh, striking her with the with the grappling, but I just I feel like with her with her camp and then who she's training with and then coming back I feel like I, I give Nina answer off the edge like I said okay. so Nina answer off by by unanimous decision. Yeah, this is a type of fight. This is the matchup where it's kind of like when Damian Maya was matched up with a ton of strikers, right? 
yeah. you have somebody who's really great at BJJ, but really kind of not so great on the feet. I've been watching mm-hmm. a lot of Mackenzie Dern's um, Instagram stuff. She's been featuring a lot of Michael Bisbing's Instagram videos because he trains with Jason Perlow. And the last fight with um, Mackenzie Dern, her stand-up looked pretty good. And she looked crisp, but she was taking a lot of shots. And like you said, Nina is much better on, on her feet. Look at Again, look at her training partner who is amazing. She's going to learn more. All that stuff's going to rub off on her. So I could definitely see Nina getting this win, but it just depends on, like you said, who gets it to the ground. I believe Nina is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu where Mackenzie's like multi-level black belt just doing her thing but uh, I'm soon I'm gonna you almost had me switch you almost had me switch but I'm gonna stick with Mackenzie Dern sounds good all right but uh let's move on to the third fight on the on the card which is a middleweight matchup between smiling Sam Alvey versus uh Dorian Marquez which sees Sam Alvey coming in at 33, 14, and 1. And he is the plus 160 underdog. And then you got Dorian Marquez, who is 8 and 2 and is the minus 190 favorite. What do you see in this matchup? Well, first, uh, I saw your interview with Sam Alvey, and I suggested everybody watching check that out. He seems ready. But when you look at this fight, you're talking about a fight with two guys going in opposite directions. Uh, it seems that Alvi is becoming more of the gatekeeper in this division, in, in my opinion, which he hasn't had a lot of success with. Um, I believe he's 0-4-1 in his last five uh, with two pretty big knockouts from Nagara and Jimmy Crute. Whereas Marquez is back after a long layoff, coming off a high of his last win, a reply from Miley Cyrus after the call-out for a Valentine's Day date. Um, I really see this fight... See, um, see Marquez coming out aggressive, leading Alvi to be on his heels for most of this fight. And at some point, the fight's going to go to the ground with Marquez taking it down, uh, taking Alvi down. And I think Marquez is going to have the advantage there. Plus, Marquez is coming out of a fight camp who is consistently winning. Uh, we had Derek Minner on before, and that you know he's from Glory as well, saying how stacked that, ros- that roster is. And Marquez switched over to Glory more, uh, recently. In all honesty, as a Sam fan, if this fight doesn't go his way, man, I think his UFC, his days in the UFC may be over. I hate to say it, but not many people survive after five straight losses. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But again, as a Sam fan, it's hard for me to pick against him, but I see the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian Marquez, being too much for him at this point in his career. That's why I'm going to go with Marquez by KO, second round. Yeah, I was on a I was on a podcast the other day. Shout out to uh, just my two cents and his podcast for having me on. But uh, on on the podcast, I mentioned I feel like uh, Sam Alvey isn't uh, isn't interested in his gym anymore that he's at. I'm not per se uh, saying that that's what he thinks. That's just what he brings off because he made a comment that uh, he's not had like happy with that California. He, he, like he's ready to. To get out of there, like he just got a place in Tennessee, and eventually, said eventually he said he wants to move his uh, training camp there because uh, he, he said he kind of found a place there, but it's probably not going to be a full while. And I feel like by saying that, I feel like like he probably has one foot in and one foot out at yeah. the gym. Like he probably likes training there. He probably he just doesn't like California in the whole. 
and he's he can't he can't wait to move away from that and start his own gym. So I, I this is a thing where it, to me it's weird that just like Mike Perry, uh, Sam Alvey, his wife is always in his corner. She's one of his uh, coaches, and for and uh, as you know, his wife uh, she was on America's Next Top Model. She actually won one of the seasons. So for me, that's kind of weird that she is one of his coaches. But then at the same time, like I, I picture Sam Alvey as more of a, a great coach than I do a fighter because he, like he, he really is smart. He knows what he's doing. And I feel like he can lead a guy in the right direction. Yeah. But like you said right there, he's coming in 0-4-1. He lost four straight. And then in his last fight, he had a draw yeah. uh, to, Dun- to, I think, da- uh, Young, I believe it was, <laughs> where they had a draw. So – for some reason, uh, because I know a lot of his fights he took on short notice, so I know the UFC has given him a lot of leeway for that. But he's coming in against a guy, uh, Dream Marquez, who, like you said, he came back after a two-year layoff. He was getting beat by uh, Miki Patulo uh, for two rounds. I think he came in knowing that he had to finish Patulo in the third round. He went guns blazing, like he put it all out there, and he he submitted him. He got yeah, that win. An anaconda choke of all of all submissions. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Of all things, and then I think he he just got a lot of confidence from there because he can he can go on the ground, he can stand up with you, and it like he he has the youth on his side. Like yeah. as you see, all the fights Alvi has done, he he came and said that he's. He's at half a tank right now. I think that having that two years off kind of might be a benefit for uh, Marquez. Uh, yeah. Working with uh, Glory, working uh, with those wrestlers, he, he's able to, uh, uh, to worry about the takedown defense and then worry with – he already has the striking. He's adding the, the wrestling and the defense now to his repertoire, which he's done uh, – it, it, he started out bad in the Patrol fight, but since then, it, like as the fight got uh, got going, it, it got a little bit better. And I think with the extra time they had, I think he could have it adequate enough to stop Alvi. And I actually have this as uh, Sam. I mean, I have Julian Marquez win this by a third round knockout. I feel like he's going to get that again. I feel like Sam Alvi's. There for the pickings right now. I think I could see him losing this and then going to Bellator okay. uh, or PFL next year. I think he could take time off, but I, I feel like Jory Marquez is the pick here. Yeah, there, there's also a ton of tape on Sam Alvey. You know what I mean? He's got what almost fifty fights, fifty professional yeah. fights. So there's a lot more tape for for Marquez to go on. And I know, I think we talked to Derek Minner about the way they, they break down fights. And he said that James Krause and the coaches at glory break down the tape a lot. And then they go right into like strategies. So if you have a ton of tape on someone like Sam Alvey and less tape on someone like Julian Marquez, he he's coming in definitely with the advantage you. So you see Alvey losing and going to another promotion. Do you, in the back of your mind, do you, from your interview, did you get vibes that he might want to just hang up the gloves and maybe go to route like coaching, like you said, like may, that you kind of feel he'd be a better coach? 
I asked him, I was like, how much do you have left in the tank uh, fighting-wise? And he said, I'm at half a tank. So he was like, I got another half left to go. So so I'm like, I'm looking, looking at him like, you're 33, 14, and one, and then you're saying you're half a tank. He's got another 50 I, I, fights? I, I was like, I was like, how much more can you go? I'm like, yeah. but he's not old. I'm just, it's just crazy to think that he has that record, but it's because he's known for taking a lot of short nose fights. And I think what he needs to do is, like, it works when you're younger, but at this point, I think he needs to have a longer camp, train more, because when you take shorter fights, that means you have a short amount of time to game plan and to train. And to recover. Yeah, and to recover. You know I mean? He took, I, I think, a few years ago, he took five fights in a two-month span. Yeah, he was all he was always on cards. But he's yeah. easy. He's a UFC staple. He's yeah. he's been fighting forever. He's a recognizable face. He's got a cool gimmick with the smiles. Like it's it's he's an awesome guy to talk to. Like I've been a fan of Sam Alvey's for a very long time. When you got yeah. the interview, I was super jealous because I wanted to talk to him. But he, I've always liked his style. And again, I think they've used him as a gatekeeper. You know, they fed mm -hmm. him Jimmy Crute. They fed him Ryan Span. And like those are two killers, and they're doing it again with Julian Marquez. You know, go back to his fight on the Contender Series. You want to see power? They call him a Cuban, a Cuban Missile Crisis for a reason. This guy's got a win mm -hmm. over Darren Stewart, who's no slouch. Oh yeah, he, he's a guy who just fought another guy, and we had a pleasure of uh, yep. talking to Eric, Eric Anders. Anders. Yeah, yeah, and then like it's gonna be hard because I feel like. If Sam Alvey wants to look at film, it's like he can look at film, but then you're going to look at film before his injury and then the one film afterwards. Yeah. So it's like you kind of have to study two different ways and then be like, do I think he's still at this level or do I think he's a little bit changed? It's not yeah. as clear cut as Sam Alvey where you got all that tape all at once and you know what you're expecting from him. You kind of don't know to the full extent what you what to expect from uh uh Jordan Marquez, but I think at the same time that, that's gonna work in Marquez's favor. Totally agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. But to move on to the co main event of the evening, we got a featherweight matchup, which I'm actually very excited to watch, which is between Arnold Allen going up against Sadiq Youssef which sees Arnold Allen coming in at 16-1 and one and coming in as the plus-115 underdog. And then Sadiq Yusuf, who is 11-1, coming in as the minus-135 favorite. What do you think? Yeah, man, this is my favorite fight on the card. Uh, two young, up-and-coming, explosive fighters, both riding impressive win streaks. Arnold Allen, a nine-fight win streak. Sadiq Yusuf, a six-fight win streak. This is a tough fight to pick and may have been the toughest fight for me to pick because of how impressive these two guys are. Allen has a better resume on paper, but Yusef's win versus Andre Feely really put him on the map, gave you a different impression of this young fighter. The way I see the fight is that these guys are going to both try to set the pace. I expect a lot of leg kicks and calf kicks from Allen to keep uh, Yusef at distance where Allen is better on the ground, but Yusef is so strong. His takedown defense is so good. And it's continuing to improve each fight. It's going to be hard for Allen to get into the ground. Uh, if Yusef wants to win, he needs to avoid being taken down because Allen has some 
suppre- uh, impressive submission victories. Whereas with Allen, if he can avoid Yusuf's overhand and get the fight on the ground, then it's his fight. Uh, I've bounced back and forth with this one, and I'm still bouncing back and forth with this one because I like <laughs> these fighters a lot, and I try to remove my personal feelings for these fighters out when I'm trying to pick these fights. At this moment, and this might change by Friday, I'm going with Allen by decision, but I would not be surprised if Yusef, who is trying to be the fourth Nigerian uh, or fourth African uh, born champion in the UFC history, I feel like he could just knock Allen out first round, just walk it off. But I'm going right now, Allen, by decision. I don't feel comfortable with that pick. Anybody who's listening to this, do not bet based off of this opinion. Yeah, I'm, just like you said, this is my favorite fight that going into going into the card. Like you said, Sadiq Yusuf is part of the new breed of Nigerian fighters uh, coming in. The, they're all about the the striking and then kind of like the all-around game. Uh, he needs to work on his takedown defense, but from what I've heard, it's it's getting better little by little, like in mm-hmm. camp. Then you got Ar- Arnold Allen, who is a grappler, uh, who specializes in take takedowns, and then uh, working on uh, working on the ground. He's no slouch uh, like striking, but that's not his forte. His forte is getting you to the ground, and then push pushing the pace there. Allen is on a nine plate winning streak. And then seven of those are in the UFC. So he's coming in kind of hot. And then Yusuf, uh, like, like he's learned from the guys that, like, coming before him. He has said, like, he's watched Nagano, he's watched Adesana, he's watched Usman. He tries to learn from them and then picks stuff on that and then use that in his game, but then stay true to himself. He, he hasn't taken anybody down. That's not his thing. He's not going to be the guy to uh, try and go down and mm-hmm. ground and pound. He's strictly straight up going to stand there with you and trade. That's going to be Arnold Allen's uh, path of victory. He's going to want to get the use up to the ground. That's his one path of victory because I feel like if he stands there and tries to trade with use up, it's going to be a long day at work. He's, and he's not. He's gonna want to quit. Oh, yeah, he's the, gonna go to this, sleep if he tries to trade. Because Zadik, he, he he will put him to sleep. He Absolutely. like his his hands are lethal. So I think the fight's gonna come down to whether Sadiq can stuff the takedowns or not. That's gonna be like the the big key to the victory for him. And I feel like he'll be able to do it enough to where he can. Get enough going striking wise because I don't feel like uh, Allen can defend the striking that Sadiq were present towards him. Yeah, and I think he's gonna have to get enough takedowns on Sadiq to get this into his warehouse. But uh, right now, I got this Sadiq Yusuf by a third round uh, unanimous decision. Okay, I think I actually have him getting all three rounds. I think he's gonna be too much. Like I think he's gonna pour in a lot of volume. On, on on his feet, and I think if he can, like I said, if he can at least stuff half of the takedowns, I feel like there's going to be four takedowns that Allen are going is going to go uh, and present towards uh, Sadiq. And I think he can stuff two of them. So if he can 
be limited to two takedowns on him. And if he can not be taken down and stay down in the clinch too long, I think this is an easy uh, path to victory for uh, Yusuf. Okay. I, th- listen, the, the rise of these two fighters is amazing. Um, yeah. These are two uh, future champions in this featherweight division. Uh, I hate to see either one of them get a loss because these both both these guys have not lost in the UFC. Um, yeah. And they're both studs. But like I said, man, the way you were talking, you made me want to think Yusef is going to win this fight. I just hope they both go out there, have a great time. They both walk away with fight of the night bonuses and maybe a draw. And then we can get like a potential yeah. trilogy of this. Who knows? This is a, that's a fantastic fight. Yeah. That's, that's all you root for is a, like a banger of a fight where Absolutely. it could go either way. And it just gets you focused on the fight and not like, ah, oh, this guy's killing it. Let me go get a drink real quick. Cause I know he's going to win. I want to, I want to be glued to my seat and knowing that, if I miss something, then I can miss like the this deciding factor of this fight. Yeah, and wasn't before before this fight materialized? Wasn't Yusef supposed to fight Barboza? I think in, he like, was December or something like that. Yeah, I think he talk, was. Talk about a slugfest! Oh my I god, know. that would have been amazing. And then Barboza has a very nice matchup uh, that he just got scheduled for, which I'm looking forward to big time. Like we're gonna do that later on yeah. uh, down the line, but it, like that's a guy I like to watch. Yeah, I love Barbosa. Love yeah, him. but uh, to move on from the co-main event to now the main event of the evening, which we will see a middleweight matchup between Marvin Vittori going up against Kevin Holland. We have Marvin Vittori who is sixteen four and one, and is the whopping minus three forty favorite. And then you got Kevin Holland, who is actually coming in on two weeks' notice after losing to uh, uh, to uh, Brunson, Jared Brunson, uh, like not badly, but but like you know what it, what happened with him. But he's coming in at twenty one and six, and is the plus two seventy underdog. What do you think? Yeah, man. Uh, every week, it's like another week, another Kevin Holland fight. Um, 2020, we, we talked about it, that was this year. Comes out, gets the toughest matchup he's had in his career against Derek Brunson, and he was absolutely dominated. Um, f- I think it were 20, uh, they were 10 8 rounds for, for the majority. But we'll go to this fight. I was, first of all, I was really excited for Vittori and Till. Uh, I think that would have been a fantastic fight. But hopefully we see that further down the line. But this fight actually has huge impl- implementation or implications in the middleweight division. If Vittori wins, he's more than likely next in line, in my opinion, for a shot at Izzy. Where if you go back a few years, Vittori gave Izzy his toughest fight. And a lot of people think that Marvin won that fight. Um, I don't know where you stand on that one, but a lot of people think that Marvin won that fight against uh, Adesanya. And then since then, he's gone on and won four straight fights and has been an absolute killer. Now, on the other side, you have Mr. 2020, Kevin Holland, who's coming off the big loss against Derek Brunson, like I said. That fight was entertaining for all the wrong reasons, with Holland talking to Khabib, trying to be coached, and really not even listening to his corner. Um, I'm hoping that Kevin Holland comes in and has learned from that fight and is taking this fight way more serious. And throughout all the promos and through his posts and – the hype videos, it does seem like we're getting Kevin Holland and not Big Mouth. 
So that's a little more promising. Now, Holland is stepping in on nine days' notice. I think that's tied for the, the record of uh, shortest days between fights. I think him and Paul Felder own that record right now. And he is a much more different fighter than Darren Till, who Marvin was preparing for. So it will be interesting to see how Marvin has adjusted to this type of opponent change. And I, I expect Marvin to come out aggressive, push the pace, try to keep the fight standing and looking for a quick exit. With Holland, I see him picking right back up from the Brunson fight, start chirping a little bit to get under Marvin's skin while mixing in punches and kicks um, and trying to stuff some takedowns. But if Marvin's smart, he should just go right for the takedowns because uh, Brunson exposed Holland's takedown defense uh, in the last fight. So all in all, with this fight, uh, I'm going to go with Vittori by third round KO. Nice. Yeah, like when I was doing research on this, uh, somebody gave me the, the, the good information that uh, they interviewed at Kevin Holland when he took the fight and he said, I've accepted the fact that I'm not good at takedown defense and I'm just going to accept that and then still go with my game plan. Like there's not much I can do with it other than polish it up, which to me is going into it saying that I'm not going to fix my my glaring weakness. Yeah, I'm just going to try and highlight the, the best of my my pluses. I'm going to try and uh, highlight all these to, to where it kind of uh, diminishes my weakness. And I think what what uh, Marvin Vittori is going to do, like you said, it's kind of hard to game plan for a guy for two months and Darren Till who who's going to stand up and trade with you and then clinch just standing up to a guy like Kevin Holland who sucks at the takedown defense and is really good at, at like at what he does. Like he's going to stand in a distance away using his legs uh, is striking. He's really good at countering. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like Marvin Vittori was going to go and like box and heavy against Dan Till. And now I feel like he's going to use his boxing, but I feel like he's going to also use his uh, grappling in this fight. And I think that's going to be a big thing with him is him going to shoot for takedowns, getting him and then getting him in the, in the clinch. Yeah. One thing that Vittori needs to watch out for is his, is his anger. He's been known for at times to get very emotional in fights and then that would affect his fights. He gets too emotional and then he gets too angry and then he goes too much rage mode, which you know isn't good in most fights because then you leave yourself open for uh, to get hurt mm-hmm. and to get a counter. And Holland is the guy that can expose that. And at any moment, as you can see, even in the Brunson fight, he, like he had a chance to almost knock out uh, Brunson. Like he did this front, it was like a, a, a front leg kick, like Street Fighter style, like Dawson. Yeah. Uh, and, and where he kicked his leg up and it just mits Brunson's face. If he would have connected there, he would have knocked out Derek Brunson and he would have pulled off the upset there. He, he has that mentality that he can do that because he, he does some outlandish. Crazy shit that you don't see before. Like, like I put him and Sean O'Malley in like the same category because they do like the new style sh- uh, shit where, like, like I've honestly never seen it before because they're so unpredictable. Yeah, like a freestyle but, fight. Yes, but uh, 
I, I still feel like Marvin Vittori, I, I feel like he's going to win. It's just a matter of how he's, how he's going to do it. I feel like he's going to do a mixture of his boxing and then the takedowns at the grappling. I feel like he needs to stay patient and, and, and at a distance. He needs to pick pick and choose when he does what what, what thing. I think he's going to start out with like boxing, like get a feel for a Holland, and then he's going to go for the takedowns. But he has to make sure that he doesn't get hit going uh, doing the wrong thing. Because if Holland expects uh, him to go for the takedown, kind of like the Derek Lewis and Curse Blades, yeah, he could get caught. But I, I, I have Kevin Holland losing this, so I have Marvin Vertori, and I'm going to go with the fourth round. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with fourth round uh, knockout on the ground. Okay. I feel like he's going to get him with the takedown, and then his boxing is just so much more superior. Like he's so pinpoint. I feel like starting in the round two or three, I feel like he's going to start targeting the body and hitting him with the body shots. And that's going to slow down Holland. And then he's going to wind up taking him down because of it and then finish him off in the fourth round. So I got fourth round knockout by Marvin Vertori. And then he's going to step in and be one of the next in line uh, for the for the title. Uh, as long as uh, uh, we don't see Gaslam uh, win. Yeah, if he beats Whitaker, he's next in line. Yeah. But then Whitaker could be next in line too because he's right up there. Uh, like I feel like if if Whitaker wins or Gaston wins and they get the next in line, I feel like Marvin Vertori could have another shot at Darren Till again. I feel like there's a chance that they could fight each other still. Yeah, I think that this fight, there's uh, this matchup at least, there's less impl- less chances for Marvin to be number one. Although I said he should be number one right after this, ha- had he been fighting Darren Till and get the win. Um, I don't – this is a tough one, man. This was one that I really was super excited for between Fatori and Till. I thought that that was going to be amazing. It was going to be proving uh, of who's better. And then you go back and you talk about the the anger issues with Marvin Vittori. He's angry going into this fight, and he's not even mad at Kevin Holland. He's mad yeah. at Darren Till, and then he's mad at Izzy and doesn't like his fashion. So, like, he's super preoccupied right now. So – I'm really curious to see what Marvin shows up because that that is a a huge difference. You have calm Marvin who goes in there against Jack Hermanson and just dominates. And then you have angry Marvin who goes in there against Izzy and gets that split decision. Do you remember that fight, that matchup between those two? I do. And like he's other than uh, Gastelin where he actually knocked down Izzy. Yeah. Vittori uh, presented the, the best matchup and a lot of people thought – that Vittori won the matchup. Yeah, I agree. Like I, if, if I was you, I would rewatch that fight and then just take notes on what he did to Adesanya because like he did a good job. And then that's why he made a split decision because it was so close Yeah, on, I, on the scorecards. I kind of thought, and I like, listen, Izzy's my favorite fighter right now. Um, I thought Marvin won that. Yeah. I really did by like a, a hair. And I guess that's why you know, I'm wrong and I'm not a judge, but man, that was, it's, it's, it's weird. I saw a graphic today. I'm all, sorry, I'm kind of all over the place, but um, the two heaviest fighters in this middleweight division, po- like post weigh-in are Paulo Costa, of course, right? Who comes in usually around like 214 after yeah. the weigh-ins. That's what he, his fight weight is. 
Marvin Vittori is number two at 211. So, like, look at Kevin Holland. Imagine Kevin Holland at 211. There's no way. Not on that frame. Marvin's, like, Marvin's a thick guy. And then you add on almost, what, uh, 30 pounds? Mm -hmm. That's going to be impossible for Kevin Holland to get off him. If Marvin's on top of him, it's a wrap. So how are you? Like, Brunson comes in probably like 195, maybe 200 tops. And then you have Marvin, who's going to come in. He might even come in bigger. Wow. Yeah. Like, and what the crazy thing is, the, the biggest talk going into this fight was between two guys that aren't even fighting. I know. It was, uh, it was uh, Darren Taylor who got hurt and then his beef with uh, Mike Perry. And then they've been they've been going at it, and then I'm like, damn! I'm like, isn't it funny that the two guys that are getting the most talk on this card are guys that don't, weren't even fighting? Yeah, they're just it's, with each other, and then Darren Till Such a weird card, like such a who who would you have had if Darren Till was the original opponent? Would you still have Vittori? Yeah, I would still have Vittori because. I think so too. Uh, but I think it would have been a better matchup. Yeah, because they would have both been standing and then trading. It would have been a perfect Dana White style fight, like a brawl, like yeah. but with the, the boxing, like Vittori, when he hits you, like he's very precise and accurate because he has that boxing mentality. He's going to go for the face and the body. And knowing how fighters are, when you get hit in the body so many times, it minimizes your movement because you're, you're so bruised there. Yeah. It's just it's just like getting hit with the the leg kicks in the same yeah. spot for like twenty times. At some point, it's gonna bruise your leg up, and you're not gonna be able to use it. So yeah, right. it, it's 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 the battle of limitations, and I feel like Vittori does that very well. And then he's gonna come in, and I think I think we're gonna see a good Kevin Holland. I think I thank him for coming in on short notice. Absolutely. But he's going to have to go back to the drawing board because I think Vittori is going to take this. But there is room for Vittori, for uh, Kevin Holland to win if he can catch Vittori uh, making a mistake because yeah. he's a guy that can uh, capitalize on mistakes. And he's so also he, a guy who yeah. can get a fighter angry. You know, you had yeah. talked about getting angry, right? If you have somebody constantly chirping at you and yeah. talking trash and like trying to get in your head and you already have anger issues, you're going to lose it. And you're just going to want to shut him up. So yeah, he could definitely catch uh, Vittori slipping. Yeah, just just watch uh, McGregor Poirier one. That's what happened. Yeah, McGregor absolutely. got into Poirier's head in the weigh-ins, and then he got Poirier off of his game, and then he capitalized off of it. And then Poirier has learned since then what he did wrong, and then that's why he picked up the the second the victory in the second matchup. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that third matchup yeah. for sure. But I also think you said Whitaker, if he wins, he should get the next fight. I don't think Dana White's interested in a third fight between Izzy and Whitaker when Izzy's dominated the first two. They, only, they fought once. Didn't they fight twice? No, they fought once. Uh, they fought the, 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 the first time uh, was in uh, Australia and Whitaker uh, lost. But okay. then he didn't, get the re he didn't get the rematch that he was supposed to get. All right. Well, I still don't think that Dana White's interested in Whitaker and Izzy. I think he wants somebody who's going to put on a better press conference than Whitaker, and I think that's Vittori. Oh, yeah. I think I think he could. I could also see a thing where he gives Adesanya more time off, and he's like, okay, let's book Whitaker versus Vittori. So I'd Whitaker like to see gets that. Adesanya, 
and I'd be all for that. I'd be like, okay. I'd love to and see that fight. Yeah, let's do that. But uh, that is the end of our uh, of our UFC on ABC2 uh, preview show. Anything you would like to say before we get going? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on The Active Geek on social media. You can listen to my podcast, The Active Geek Podcast, and The Galaxy Wars Podcast every week. Yep, and then as you know, we are Cage by Q. Look down below on the ticker. Those are all of our handles for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, definitely uh, uh, add us on all those platforms. And then every Monday night, we go live on Twitch. And here's the Twitch uh, URL, twitch.tv slash cagebyq. So go to that link, subscribe to our Twitch page, and follow us every Monday night as we recap every Saturday's uh, UFC uh, pay-per-view. We recap it, give our opinions, just like we do right now with the previews. We give our opinions to who we think is going to win. And then check us out. And then also check us out on YouTube at Cage My IQ. That's our YouTube name. Subscribe to our page there. Comment on all of our videos. We're now putting out uh, preview and recap videos, not just for UFC, but now we're doing Bellator. We're going to start up a PFL next week. We're doing one championship. So we're covering more than just UFC. So if you want to get your uh, fix on MMA coverage, come to Cage by IQ, and that's what we're going to do. And then check out all of our interviews that we're coming out with every Wednesday uh, over the next couple of months. We've got a, a bunch of uh, in the in the log coming out. So definitely check those out. And uh, – Definitely let us know how you feel via comment on all of our videos, and we'll get back to you. But uh, I am your host, D-Bake. This is my buddy, Jim. And you guys have a nice rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode of Cage My IQ on the Sports Box. Please remember to follow us on all of our social media outlets. On Facebook, at Sportsbox Show. Twitter, at Sportsbox Show. Instagram, at The Sportsbox Show. Find us on YouTube and join Outside the Box, our Facebook sports discussion group. The Sports Box is brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And also our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and use promo code THEBOX at sign up for 10 free points. Thank you for joining us.